Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. He's got all the insight of what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider Tim Fitzgerald. And welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily, hour number two on a Thursday. And we are joined by Tim Fitzgerald, as usual. Fitz, how are you? A jumbled mess there in the Big 12. Gets even more jumbled last night. As K-State can't quite get it done in Ames, the, the home court advantage seemingly playing a factor there. Yeah, it was. It was a kind of that's such a great environment up there that their fans get after it. They did last night. <clears throat> Just a a weird game. I mean, K State was getting blown out in the first half. They get off the mat, and and then the referees took over. Guys, I figured this up. Um, you know, there was twenty seven fouls on K State, which is by far their largest total of the year, uh, and they had eleven fouls called um, in the first. 28 minutes of the game, 28 plus minutes of the game. They had um, 16 more called in the final 11, like 46. They had a foul called on them every 47 seconds in that stretch. Um, it was uh, the, the refs earned their money last night. They 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 certainly got to use their whistles a lot. Yeah, we we really uh, rarely see Jerome Tang get that fired up, uh, you know, on the sideline or even, um, you know, after the game. Do you have any insight about what the situation was? Was it was he mainly just upset about the number of fouls, or were there other things going on? I know he and T.J. Oltzelberger had a little exchange at center court. Do you have any insight on that? Yeah, there there was something going on with fans um, interacting with his bench. Uh, and not like yelling, I, throwing stuff. I, I still don't know yet. I hope to find out at the next uh, media availability. Uh, there's reports of some racial slurs. Um, I don't know about that. Um, you know, I was I was told the main problem with that was about was uh, something um, interfering with the bench. <clears throat> I've heard reports that all their water was spilled. I've heard reports that things were thrown at them by fans adjacent to the bench. Um, you know, Iowa State has great fans, and and so I I, I certainly don't want to judge you know uh, the actions of a very few 
you know, to paint the whole group. But that's unfortunate. That's not typical of Iowa State fans. When we look at the rest of the Big 12, I think that both of the teams that played there last night are absolutely contenders in this league. Kansas is, Houston is, I think you have to say Texas Tech is. I probably would still say TCU and Texas are. I was actually pretty impressed with the way Cincinnati played. They're going to be really interesting down the stretch. I mean, it's always competitive. It's always open. But with KU not quite up to the expectation we set for them to begin the year, do you remember when there have been this many teams that could win it, actually win the league? No. No. No, and I think that the factor that's making this even more intriguing is the introduction of Houston into the Big 12 ecosystem, uh, basketball ecosystem, uh, because that provides a you know a, a clear possible challenge to Kansas. Um, but I, I think we can also probably agree already that Kansas's depth is going to be an issue <clears throat> in this conference where there's no easy nights. I mean, they've they've experienced what you might think would be two of the easier road trips in the conference if there is such a thing and they lost both of those games so um i i envision out of these 14 schools that at some point um we we might see you know by season's end like 10 teams or 10 and 8 and everyone else is you know just filling in the the rest of the bottom and they're like a 10-way tie for the championship this is just a mess and uh, it's it's beautiful. It's it's, it's good basketball, and uh, the fact that anyone can rise up and beat anyone makes this conference totally different than anyone else. Fitz, do you have any concerns about the rebounding effort from this team? It's the third game in a row that the Wildcats have been out-rebounded, including the game over the weekend against the winless Oklahoma State Cowboys. And uh, the Wildcats win that game, but they still get out-rebounded by Oklahoma State in the Baylor win last week. Uh, you know, they win the game, but they get out-rebounded in that game as well. And then, of course, last night. Uh, any lingering concerns moving forward? What do you think needs to change to get that uh, script flipped? Yeah, they're going to get destroyed at Houston if they don't rebound. I mean, that's Houston's – it's Frank Martin basketball. You throw the ball up there, you go get the rebound, and you get a shorter shot. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, a game-based – entirely unrebounded there's there's some achilles heels to this team that just make their record hard to explain yeah that's 17 turnovers again last night that's three straight games of 17 turnovers coming off an 18 turnover game at the at texas tech you can't sustain that and they've got to get that under control now the rebounding has popped up you get out rebounded you have 17 turnovers uh, the other team shoots, uh, what was the total, 35 free throws um, because you're called for 27 fouls. How are you even in that game? Uh, I, I have real problems explaining how K-State is playing at the level they are with some of these statistics, but the defense is carrying them a long ways and just enough scoring to keep them above water at times. It's, it's really difficult to explain how they're having some success. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I think that some of the players they brought in are probably ahead of schedule. Some are behind schedule, I guess. But, I, I mean, I think yeah. I know what I would point to is coaching, Fitz. Like, I, I you know, th- we're two for two now yeah. on seeing rosters we didn't think would be as good as they are before season started. They've overachieved twice now. 
basically. Both yes. years under You're Jerome exactly Tang, right. this team has overachieved. Uh, I'll say this, though. Last year, we quickly began to understand that this is a really good team. I mean, they, they look like it. They, they get up and down. They can score in flurries. This team doesn't have a lot of the same characteristics. They don't have the great playmaker. Um, you know, they don't have a guy that can bully ball like Keontae would, you know, when they needed a hoop. Um, it's, it's interesting to watch how good uh, they're putting this together. Uh, but I'll just say this, and I, I certainly don't want this to sound like I'm blaming one player for the fact that this team uh, could be playing at a higher level. But when Tyler Perry hit those back-to-back threes, it ignited K-State and brought them back into the game. Uh, if he can get his shot more consistent, get back to where he was, this is going to be a really good K-State team because they've been winning ball games with the guy they brought in to, to be their reliable outside shooter shooting about, I don't know, 20, 25% from three. So it's, you know, it's, it, it, this team has another gear, and they've got a high gear that they can get to. Uh, but boy, they got to clean up the turnovers, fix the rebounding, and and just make shots. Some basic basketball stuff. You know, last night I know a lot of it was probably out of necessity with foul trouble and things like that. But we saw a lot more players play off the bench for Kansas State than you know, kind of that tighter rotation that we're used to from Jerome Tang. And I, I'm curious to know from the limited amount of minutes that we've seen some of these guys play throughout the season, who's for real? I mean, I think Finister probably is right there. Colbert is probably there. Who do you like coming off the bench, especially as we get deeper into conference play, into March, all of that, to be able to bring a spark off the bench or even come in in relief if you've got players in foul trouble? Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, you know, they – they thought they were going to have two other players uh, to add to the depth, and they don't. So now, you know, they've got some guys in the starting lineup or coming off the bench like Dorian Finister. They didn't plan on, and I like Dorian a lot. He's rock solid, but uh, you know they're going to have to get him to be able to shoot the ball better uh, from the field. Uh, kind of kid can dunk for a guard. It's really impressive, but uh, he's got to fix his outside shot. So he's more of a threat. But I'll just say I think all three of the true freshmen here, uh, even though Buddy Rich isn't playing, I'm going to include him in uh, into that group. Uh, but certainly we see Day-Day Ames and R.J. Jones come in uh, and provide some really good minutes at times. And then they make freshman mistakes and come out of the game. I think Ames had a couple silly fouls uh, and came out. But uh, they have flashes. that I think those guys are going to be really good. And I really like the way, uh, you know, that – Coach Tang is handling them. Uh, he gives them just enough to learn and rest his veteran players uh, and, and then gets them out of the game uh, because he, he knows you in this league, like the NCAA tournament, you better have some veteran guards to handle all this pressure. Uh, and right now, K-State has a couple of veteran guards that are struggling with turnovers, but they're keeping you know the team in game. So uh, he's been able to delve into his bench. Uh, but you brought up Jarrell Colbert. He has made incredible improvements, and I think he's going to be a really good center for K-State for a couple of years to come. Fitz, I want to get your perspective, Tim Fitzgerald, our K-State insider. The Scott Mills, or sorry, the Scott Drew tree has been really good, but it's not yeah. going well at all for Paul Mills in year one. 
So this rebuild, Shockers, I don't know how much you've been paying attention, are winless in the league right now, and it's got us pretty concerned. But, like, the days of program building and getting more than uh, – getting much time at all, those are behind us, aren't they? Like, college basketball doesn't work yeah. that way anymore. Success has to be immediate. Yeah, and, you know, at least year two. Um, you know, I – with the transfer portal in all sports, it changes everything. I, we're seeing women's basketball altered by the transfer portal and by the changes in the game. Because now, I mean, if you look at the top ten, what's K-State doing up there? Uh, that, there's always been like a country club of elite programs. And South Carolina is at the top of the polls. They're unbeaten. But uh, there's K-State just hanging around like, you know, hey, fellas, what's, what's happening here? Um, so, yeah. I feel like coaches are on a shorter leash, uh, but it's also the contracts are the same. I mean, they, they, they're getting the five, six-year contracts to start with lots of buyout. and um, I, I don't know if ADs aren't able to adjust to the new reality of college sports because agents won't let them, but, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, we're going to see a lot of coaches on the hot seat much quicker than we're used to. And plus, you know, to get – big picture, we're just not patient as a society at all. You know, I look back with what K-State put up with, with like Tom Asbury, and you're like, that just, there's no way that happens now. There's just no way. Um, and, you know, people just want immediate gratification, which, you know, in some ways with the sports world, that's not a bad thing. And with the transfer portal, that's a possible thing. But, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. I saw the Wichita State team in Kansas City, and I thought they're solid. They've got some dudes that can play. So, the, the you know, see them struggle is kind of odd. Got to ask you a football question. Uh, obviously, the ripple yeah. effects of Jim Harbaugh going from Michigan to the Chargers. It, you know, it, this happens every time there's a coaching vacancy in college, mm-hmm. and you've got two names at the top of every list, Lance Leipold and Chris Kleiman. Uh, it looks like Sharon Moore is going to be the guy for Michigan. But in some alternate universe, if that doesn't happen or if that falls through, is there any indication that, you know, Michigan could be a Chris Kleiman destination? Uh, no, but I'll say this. That's a job that any coach would look at. Yeah. In, in, any coach. Um, whether it's Lance Leipold, Chris Kleiman, or, you know, let's be honest, they're both Big Ten country type guys. Um, but yeah, I think both fan bases can kind of have a sigh of relief that they have an in-house obvious choice. I mean, what's funny about it is let's, let's be blunt here. If Michigan doesn't hire him and hires a coach, if I'm the other AD that just lost the coach, I hire the Michigan offensive coordinator. I mean, the dude is for real. He connects with the players. Uh, so it's an obvious thing that Michigan will do this. You would think, uh, but who knows? College athletics are weird right now. So uh, we'll see how this plays out. But, uh, man, I I just say it, it gets tiresome, doesn't it, guys? Yeah. And every job that pops open, they just, uh, you know, it's almost um, – and, and this isn't necessarily true with the Michigan job because that is one of the elite jobs in college football. But it's almost like any time a job pops open from one of these two conferences, uh, they list these guys because, 
why would they want to hang around Kansas <laughs> when they could be in? You know, it's it's almost condescending. Shoot, I even uh, you know, I even tweeted I even tweeted last night that I feel like Pete Thamel just has a, a word document that he just copies and pastes <laughs> every time there's a head coach opening that includes Leipold and Kleiman on it. Yeah, you know the look the hot board thing is, is I'll be blunt here in my industry it is a gold mine. I mean, people love the hot board. They read the hot board. They sign up to read the hot board. They want all the scoop. And But in this case, there was no reason to do that. You know, just the tweet should have been, Michigan is expected to hire. You know, just move on. Because everyone, even a, a noob like me in the middle of Kansas, you know, knew exactly what Michigan was going to do with this job. I don't, I don't see why he needs to list anyone until it becomes maybe they're not going to hire him because they're going to hire him. From Derby, Kansas, by the way. Did you know that, Fitz? I did not know that. Sharon Moore well, that, from Derby, Kansas. Perfect. Yeah. Sharon, if you so don't they're going to Sharon they're, Moore. They're going to Kansas anyway. Yeah. A Derby man know. to a Michigan yeah. man. He played at he played at Butler Community College before going on to Oklahoma. He's got lots of local ties. Uh so yeah. there you go for that one. We can I, be gee, proud I, of that either way. I appreciate your homework. I I didn't do my homework on that. I that's kind of cool. That was very cool. Oh, I think it's it's way cool. It's awesome. From Derby to flipping Michigan right now. I God, I hope I'm not a Michigan fan and I want him to be so successful there. So it'll be a, an interesting dynamic so, for me. I was so impressed by him when he filled in and with all you just yeah. told me, I, I bet you he's gonna be in Derby quite a bit recruiting a certain player. There is one uh, that plays tight end. Uh, that's that's uh, yeah. a pretty high end recruit. They've had exactly. they've had lots of them over the years. Maybe maybe yeah, uh, well we'll see. I I don't, I don't want to speculate because I have no idea. But that will be uh, it'll be interesting. That little pipeline now will almost certainly include Michigan among all the other names for these players. They keep churning out. Okay, we got Houston this weekend. Back to back road games. Mm. Just a brutal stretch. What do you guys have coming for us at GoPowerCat.com? Uh, just. You know, lots of stuff about that. I My daily delivery video today was about uh, this is the proving ground for Kansas State. Six out of seven starting last night against ranked teams. Uh, this will get them to the two-thirds mark of conference play. Uh, how can they – what will they do over the seven-game stretch? They're own one now. Uh, I said, you know, if they go two and five, they're going to be 500 in the conference at the two-thirds mark. Yeah, sure, you want better than that. But that'll get it done, you know, if you get through this. Um, and they, they should be able to go two and five. So anything above that is they're stealing wins and they're coming out, uh, you know, with their head above water at the end of it, two-thirds through the season. So there's a lot of coverage. I mean, we're just having fun covering K-State and Big 12 sports. It's really it, – it, I, I absolutely love this conference. Yeah, it's it's a blast. It's going to be a blast. I don't know who's going to win it because I think Kansas is more vulnerable than we thought. I think Kansas will probably still win it, but man, it is going to be tight all the way through. Uh, it'll be fun to follow, and we can do that at GoPowerCat.com. You can follow Fitz at Life of Fitz on social media. We appreciate it. We'll talk again next week. Love you, boys. Thanks, man. There goes Tim Fitzgerald. Let's give away some HTO on the way out here. We'll do a free iced tea and a free brew house coffee. The tea available 
at the locations around town, both of the Wichita locations and in Derby, the Brewhouse Coffee, only available at the East Wichita location and in Derby. We'll give those cards away, get you some drinks on us here at Sports Daily to our first caller on the KFH hotline during the break. We'll come back. More Sports Daily right after this. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here. Jake Balbrock, Tommy Caster. We're all caught up. Our appreciation to Tim Fitzgerald. Our appreciation to Chelsea Messenger. If you missed anything with those two guests or our conversation on Shocker Basketball, you can go back and listen for free on the Odyssey app. All right, the other big news yesterday. Tommy, Jim Harbaugh, hired by the Chargers. Uh, I think everybody on the planet thought that was the best fit for Jim Harbaugh. It really became a question of, will this Chargers ownership group do something it had never done before? And that's, you know, seemingly pony up for a head coach. I would contend that the coaching for the Chargers through their last two regimes has been some of, if not the worst, in football. And you've got Justin Herbert there. The Chargers didn't have a choice here, really. Like, you have got to get that spot right Jim Harbaugh has been successful everywhere he's ever been. Now you've got Justin Herbert. They're going to have to rebuild a little bit, I think, or maybe not. That that will be the curious thing, I think, of their offseason is how they approach this. Do they think with Harbaugh that team can be good enough? I don't know the answer to that. You know, two years when they put that group together, we certainly all thought they could be. So maybe they can be. Or maybe they have to rebuild it. And either way, you, you've got a better person in charge, at least within each game, calling the play. I mean, their last two coaches, man, I, I'm telling you, I'm married into a Chargers family. And it's rough, man. It has been rough to watch them play football. You know, the good thing about Jim Harbaugh is that you're not even just talking about what he did at Michigan. You're talking about his overall body of work. He wins everywhere he goes, and he builds programs wherever he goes. You know, he was at San Diego State. He was at Stanford. Stanford has not been relevant basically since he left. He built the 49ers into a championship-caliber type team. And then, of course, Michigan, right? So everywhere he's gone, he's built teams, he's built programs, he's built franchises. That's what he does. And, of course, he's a national championship-winning coach this last year at Michigan. So all of those things combined together, and then you have the talent of Justin Herbert, who I think that everybody can agree has been mismanaged in his time as a professional, it does seem like the right match. It does seem like a match made in heaven. And for the first time in, man, maybe ever, or at least a long time, I feel like the Chargers can be taken more seriously in that division. I mean, like, when was the last time that you could really, really take the Chargers seriously legitimately and you know north turner maybe uh, i mean maybe i don't know it's no, been I a mean, long time last year when they had their epic collapse against jacksonville i mean i think we were taking them seriously right i i just, yeah but there was still I, always I, that thought in the back of your head that the chargers are going to charge her right and they did that's what they always they done. absolutely did that's what they always uh, did. they absolutely did yeah, I, I don't know if, if Harbaugh can be the guy, because as a player for the organization, right, they came up just short also. Yeah. But there's in that, you know, city and facility and with Herbert there, like they just can't not get this right. They can't afford to because they're already irrelevant there. They should have never moved to L.A. They should have always stayed in San Diego. 
Like the pressure's on them because everybody in L.A. is either a Rams fan or they don't care, right? Like it's, at least from what I can tell. And the Chargers were one of the great fan bases across football. Just ridiculous that they moved in the first place. And then you've got Justin Herbert, who has at times in his young career looked like he belongs in the conversation with the rest of these great young quarterbacks. You just can't afford to screw that up. So what do you do? You go get Jim Harbaugh, right? Like you go get the guy who's been successful at every level, every place that he's ever been as a coach, and you bring him in there. And, and you you know, they're going to hire a GM, too. That will be interesting. I don't remember. Did Harbaugh ever have player control uh, with San Francisco? I don't recall. I don't but think so, because he had a general manager I don't there. Think he, and that was part of the reason why he left, because they didn't get along. Right. So you got to get that spot filled, too. And I don't know that Harbaugh—I mean, the thing about it is, for these college coaches now, is their general managers as much as their coaches. So I'll be curious to see, like— how that process goes. I'll be curious to see if he keeps Kellen Moore on board because I think Justin Herbert regressed this year uh, rather than took a step forward, which is what we most of us thought would happen. And and they've got some rebuilding to do. They're aging out on offense outside of Justin Herbert. So it's a good hire for the Chargers. I mean, it's the right hire for the Chargers. It checks all of the boxes. There's the nostalgic feel to it. There's the fact that they needed a splash hire for relevancy. They will be more relevant with Jim Harbaugh there as a bottom line. There's no doubt about it. They just they will be, and so it makes a lot of sense. I, I like the hire for them. I text my wife and mother-in-law right when I saw it, and I said, "You guys can be happy. They finally went out and got the you know got somebody that at least you know who they are." Brandon Staley. What? Who is that? You know what I mean? Like what? That doesn't make a lot of sense. And of course, it didn't. So they didn't overthink this one. They just went out and they hired a winning coach. Yeah, there was a power struggle between Harbaugh and Trent Baalke in San Francisco that led to Harbaugh leaving the 49ers in 2014. So that was a big part of it. I know that one of the concerns, and you brought it up before too, is that the Chargers historically don't pay their coaches. And so this was something, this was a a, a narrative uh, stereotype that they had to break away from. They had to make sure that if they wanted to get a legitimate coach, They needed to pay that person. And don't forget, Michigan, it was widely reported, made an offer to Jim Harbaugh that would have made him the highest-paid college football coach in history, and he turned it down to go to the Chargers. It's a five-year deal, and so clearly the financial commitment from the Chargers is there, and that's really important. The thing about Jim Harbaugh is that, you know, there are some quirks about Jim Harbaugh that people like to – Make fun of a little bit, joke around about. I remember when he was with the 49ers and it was all about the khakis that he wore, you know, every game and uh, just some of the things that he says and the way that he's kind of awkward and, you know, all of that. So you can kind of poke fun at that and that's okay. But when it comes to the actual coaching, he's rock solid. Typically, he's typically a rock solid coach. Whereas with past regimes, when it was Brandon Staley, Anthony Lynn before that, there were a lot of times where it wasn't about their personalities that you made fun of. It was about their ineptness as a coach. It was about their decision-making on the field in critical situations and you know decision-making that they did while the game was going on that you were making fun of. So this is a completely different situation. It's a shift away from, you know, I would imagine Chargers fans are breathing a sigh of relief. Like, hey, we, we have a coach now that actually 
knows what he's doing in the moment in game. It doesn't mean that he's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that he's not ever going to make a mistake, but it means that you don't necessarily have to worry about at the same level or frequency that Chargers fans were used to under previous coaches. Yeah, forgive me. I misspoke there. Uh, He played with San Diego. He was not the quarterback of their Super Bowl team. That was Stan Humphreys. Um, I don't know why I thought that was hard, because he he took the Colts to that championship game. That's why I thought it was – I just got him mixed up a little bit. He was on the Chargers team that was really bad with Ryan Leaf. That went like one yeah. in fifteen that year. He, he was like the he's backup. been th- he's been there before. Yeah. Uh, either way, so that it, it, it that stuff. I mean, it checks a small box. It's not the biggest thing in the world. It's kind of like you know the Michigan hire. Like they want their Michigan man, and they got one in Harbaugh. I get it, but it's not really that important. You just need to win, and his coaching record is unreal. I mean, when when you look at it, so he started at the University of San Diego, right? And and his last two, he was there three years, one games every year. Their last two years, they were 22-2. and two. And he goes to Stanford, and it takes him a couple of years, but he gets them rebuilt in, you know, into what they were. And then he went to the 49ers for a little bit, right, and, and just was wildly successful there, 44-19-1 and 19 and one as a coach over four years. He, he stormed into that job and won 13-11-12 games. I mean, just remarkable. And then, of course, goes to Michigan and just has a, has an unreal run. The COVID year wasn't good. Every other year was good there. He had one eight and five that I guess some people might say is not good, but let's be real about it. And then he wins the national championship this year. Dude just wins. He wins. He's 144 and 52 as a college coach. He's 44 and 19 as an NFL coach. And now he goes and he inherits Justin Herbert. I, I, the Chargers have been a snake-bitten organization I think this is the one that will turn that around. And look, I think that also the jury is still out on what's going to happen at Michigan. I think Sharon Moore is the natural choice, obviously, and it looks like that's what Michigan is is wanting to do moving forward. And I, I wish him all the best. I hope he has a ton of success. If you look at the two prior stops that Jim Harbaugh had, at obviously San Francisco and Stanford before that, look at both of those teams after Harbaugh left. When you look at the 49ers, they had losing seasons every year until 2019 when they finally made it to that Super Bowl against Kansas City, right? And Kyle Shanahan comes into the picture. The, the team had a complete drop-off when Harbaugh left. So you, and, and I think that you could say kind of the same thing about Stanford. That program is not relevant anymore like it was when Jim Harbaugh was the coach. So not only does he win – but his absence is always felt when he leaves a team. And so if I'm the Chargers organization, I want to lock him in for as long as possible. I want to make sure that he retires the Chargers head coach. I want to make sure that he provides some stability for this franchise long term, that he gets them over the hump. I do think that it makes them more legitimate and more relevant in the division, absolutely, in a division that includes currently Andy Reid and Sean Payton. It gives the Chargers another really high-profile coach in that division. But the the effects of Jim Harbaugh leaving a team are well-documented. Everybody knows that. You can look at teams' records when he leaves the program or when he leaves the franchise. So, you know, for the Chargers, let that be a lesson to you to do everything that you can to make Jim Harbaugh stay there for as long as possible because other teams have not fared well when Harbaugh leaves. Well, yeah, 
I mean, because I don't, I don't know why that is. That is that's a weird because he's leaving on top, right? It's not like he's leaving a dumpster fire. So that is a strange occurrence. I don't know why that is. I just know he wins games. And for the Chargers, you just got to win games. That's what they haven't done. They haven't won them in the back. And they've been in position to do it. It's a weird, you know, like you, you look at some of the other teams around the league where you say like historically that have not won or gone through these stretches, the Lions until this year, the Browns. Yeah, that's because most of the time their roster sucked. That well, You can't say that about the Chargers. I mean, they had Phillip Rivers and LaDainian Tomlinson. And Keenan Allen. I mean, you're talking about Hall of Famer guys yeah. that have been there for a long time, and they just haven't been able to do it. And it's strange. And they've had it on both sides of the ball. And they have it. Some of the best players we've ever seen have been through San Diego. Junior Seau, right? Like, like all-time great players. And they haven't been able to get it done. And some of the time, those guys have all played on the same teams, and they haven't been able to get it done. So I'm excited. Uh, for my Charger in-law fans, that they can get this done. I know Chiefs fans aren't excited, probably, to see Harbaugh coming in, but I like that rivalry, and you know, I, quite, quite frankly, I, I want it to be a good one. I'd rather see the Chargers be good than the Broncos or the Raiders. If I'm, you know, if I'm picking my shot, it hasn't been much fan. of a rivalry in the last few years. I know that. I know. I know that everybody wants to prop up Mahomes and Herbert, and I understand why, but at multiple different levels, that rivalry just really isn't. As you know, quite there. Herbert's and, only beat him once, and, and it's and yeah. it's because the Chargers have historically underdelivered, and that's what the unfortunately that's what happens with the Chargers year after year after year. Is on paper they look incredible and they're hyped up. In fact, it wasn't this this season, but I remember last season in our picks, I had the Chargers to win the division in 2022. Everybody picks the Chargers to win the division, to win Super Bowls, to win all of that. And then this season actually happens, and then they fall on their face. That's typically what has happened with this franchise. And I think Harbaugh is the guy that can turn that around and make that not happen. We need Herbert versus Mahomes to be a thing, right, as football fans. It has not been Justin Herbert's fault that the Chargers uh, have not won those games, only one out of six, I believe. Herbert's been pretty good in those games. We need the Chargers to be competitive there because I want that rivalry to be as awesome as Mahomes Allen because they play twice a year. Who doesn't want that, right? Like you want that rivalry. That makes those games more fun. So we'll see. Good good hire by the Chargers, the only hire, the right hire by the Chargers. Speaking of hires, uh, Tommy, I have not seen the actual report yet, but you got something about Bill Belichick and the Chiefs. I want to get into that. We'll let you explain what you're seeing here this morning. And I I just don't understand – all the smoke around Andy Reid's future. Maybe there is. I don't know. We'll get into it next. Sports Daily. Congratulations to Scott for winning our HTO giveaway. Uh, by the way, Chiefs fans, Chiefs games are available for free over on KNSS and on the Odyssey app, also on KFH this week because they're playing in the national game. So what will happen is on KNSS, you'll get the Chiefs radio network pre- and post-game coverage on KFH, you'll get the national pre- and post-game coverage, but you're going to get the Westwood One call of the game both places. That's what the NFL does once you get to championship weekend. So that's where it is. If you can't listen to it over the air, you can find both broadcasts for free on the Odyssey app. We'll be back. More Sports Daily right after this.
Oh, man. Jad sent us our preseason predictions. Um, Brutal. I don't know that it's not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, you're brutal because you picked the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. And I picked Aaron Rodgers uh, had, as my MVP. Oh, yeah. That's not good. Uh, I had, uh, let's see. I had the Chiefs, but I can't remember who I had them playing. We all in had the, Super the Eagles. Bowl. We all picked the Eagles in the NFC. Gross. Uh, gross Eagles. Why did I pick the Eagles? Why did oh oh because that's right they had this amazing draft and then sucked on defense. Anyway, they got Vic Fangio. By the way, that's probably not good for the rest of football. Uh, dude still got it as a defensive coordinator. Um, Tommy, I, I jeez, this 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 stuff with, with the coaches is weird to me. And now we've got what a rumor that. Bill Belichick might come to the cheat. Like what, 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 what are we, what's going on here? What, what are we doing? Yeah. So I'm having a hard time finding a whole lot about this, but if you, uh, if you subscribe to ESPN push notifications, I got a push notification earlier this morning that said that Adam Schefter, and I believe he was on TV. He's not tweeted this out. This is not a report. I don't think, I think the phrasing was speculating Adam Schefter speculating that if Andy Reid decides to retire in Kansas city, that Bill Belichick could replace him. And that's all I've been able to find about it. Uh, it, So I don't know if he just made an offhand comment when he was on TV earlier or what that looked like. But um, as far as I know, it's all just sort of like, you know, Schefter speculating. But I don't know of anybody more dialed in to what's happening around the NFL than Adam Schefter. So um, I I don't know. I have no idea if this has legs or not, but it did pop up this morning. I I think it's... I think that's probably likely that he was just in one of his discussion spots and and throughout. But I don't know. I haven't seen it either. So here's what's really interesting is that so many people are bringing up Andy Reid. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Potentially retiring. I don't know why that's happened. That's never happened before that I can remember. It happened happened leading up to the Super Bowl last year because – he was coaching against his previous team, and the speculation was that if he wins, 
You know, that would be the icing on the but, cake but of beating where, his old team, and then he could go out on top. But then that was put to bed that very quickly from? after the Super Bowl. Like, I remember, I think he was, like, even on the podium and, like, said that he wasn't going anywhere, you know, right after the Super Bowl. So, I mean, this is not the first time that's that's happened. What if, what do if people think Andy Reid's, like, waiting to do in retirement? Because, I, like, for me, I don't picture Andy Reid wanting to do anything else ever. Besides coach football, I could. See, I'm not sure. I could that see anybody Reed. has enjoyed coaching football in the history of the world more than Andy Reid. I could see Andy Reid and his wife purchasing a fifth wheel, driving around the country, trying cheeseburger restaurants. I could see that. The that's the way that he. But he can do that anyway. Like he can just do that in the off season. Yeah, but he could go to I, every like, little small town, and I mean, you know, just drive, like take the I, RV I all it. around the country. I mean it sincerely. Like, I don't so do know I. that there's anybody that's loved coaching more than Andy Reid. Like, it is who he is. And so I don't – what I'm trying to figure out with all this stuff is, like, where are these rumors coming from? Because I've never heard anything that would indicate to me and anything he's ever said or really any of his players have ever said that he's not just going to keep coaching for 10 more years. He's not as old as you think he is. Because he got his start as a head coach at such a young age. He's not as old as Carroll or Belichick. He is the oldest now, but it's not. What is he, 68? I, I think, think. he's younger than that. that I think he's like 65. I mean, he's not. That, that's the thing. He's not as. Yeah, he's 65, yeah. right? So even if you're looking at recent history, I mean, he's got at least five more years in him. Like I, I And I just don't know like what's happening that's making people keep speculating on Andy Reid retiring. Like, why would you do that? And what I don't understand is, if I'm Andy Reid, why in the world would I walk away from Patrick Mahomes at this point in his career? Like, you've got a generational, transcendent quarterback. Why are you retiring to walk away from that right as Mahomes is entering into his prime? He's already had a ton of success at a young age, and now you're you're building him, and he's he's getting to a point now to where he is a world-renowned superstar, and that will continue. I've, I've thought it for a long time that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes' tenures are intertwined to an extent, right? And so I just really think that that's something that I think you have to take into consideration. I don't think he's going anywhere as long as Mahomes is playing at this level. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's going to coach till he's 75 or anything like that, but he'll coach as long as he can, as long as he's good at doing it, and he still clearly is very good at doing it. The other part of it is, too, like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know that I've ever seen any coach love coaching more, and I also don't recall an organization that is in that is as in lockstep as the Hunts to Andy Reid to their general manager. Like, they are so in tune and so locked in collectively. Like, there's just nothing. And, man, they have survived and been through some stuff, right? Some tough stuff. And so, like, if none of that's going to make it waver, and it clearly has not, then why are we – why does everybody all of a sudden keep speculating that he's going to retire? I just – like, that's what makes me wonder. Like, is there some smoke that we don't know about? That would that would honestly it would it would stun me if Andy Reid retires because I can't figure out why he would. That doesn't get talked about enough. What you brought up, the way that 
he is in communication and agreement and everything and works so well with Brett Veach and the Hunt family. And to your point, there were some really, really, really hard times before Andy Reid and Brett Veach came to town. I mean, I've read articles about how toxic the culture was and the environment was in Kansas City under Scott Pioli and Todd Haley when he was the coach. And I mean, things like... um, People thought that they were being recorded when they were in the facility. Like all these weird things that were going on when that franchise was down at its lowest. And the culture changing ability that Brett Veach and and Andy Reid and then even John Dorsey to an extent before Brett Veach came into town. uh, That doesn't get talked about enough because not only have have they made transformational changes on the field to become a championship team. But they've made those those same changes in the front office and just with the entire organization from top to bottom. Yeah, it's and and he's been at the forefront and he has his quarterback and yeah, I, I will I will bet you this, Travis Kelsey will retire before Andy Reid retires, and I don't think that's going to happen this off season. By the way, I don't think either one of them are, but I'll bet you Kelsey's done before Reid's done. I would be blown away if Andy Reid walks away. Now, one thing that I haven't thought about a whole lot is. You know, what if he wants to transition to a front office role? That could potentially be something on the table, but again, I think that's unlikely. I will be shocked if that happens. He loves coaching. He loves coaching more than anything. You know, like that's just like, and he's only sixty-five, and he's obviously still doing it at a high level. And yeah, there's you get a little grace built in and a little cushion when you got Patrick Mahomes to screw up. That's not a lot of guys get that. We'll be back. We'll tell you what's on the air today next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.